This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, Tinsley Law and Title, and Gibson Pharmacy. Their sponsorship allows me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by shopping these local businesses and by following each of their Facebook pages. Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am in the courtroom of Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney. Uh, and I'm glad to be here because it's a wet day outside. How yes, you doing today, Judge? I'm doing good, Michael. It is wet, nasty. This is when it's 40 degrees and drizzling, I want to be inside. Yeah, I definitely want to be inside. Um, all right, so we're going to get right into this. We have a lot to cover today, although we're going to be covering the same <laughs> issues uh, that we've covered quite a bit over the last few weeks. Um, so just let you guys know, this is your election update. And your COVID update this week, because that's what we're going to be talking about. The two biggest things happening in our entire country just happen to be the two biggest things also happening in our county government. Consider this the B-side. The B-side. There you go. Uh, I have a. I happen to think we'll probably have a C-side next week. Uh, more than likely. We'll go, we'll go to 8-tracks next. There you go, 8-tracks. Uh, oh, wow. 8-tracks. 8-tracks. <laughs> I got you there. All right. <laughs> election. Let's talk elections. Um, so, uh, early voting runs through the end of this week. Friday yes. is the last day of early voting. Yes. Um, and we have had a record turnout for early voting. We have. Um, basically, we've had right at 38% of our entire um, um Registered voters turn out so far, and we believe you know, we're looking at 22,000 people have already taken advantage of early voting. And when you compare 18, 16 to 18, I mean, we're up about, um, what is that? What did we say it was? Uh, <laughs> I lost it. 3,200 or 2,100. Uh, 20, Sorry, 2,100 more people voted during early election in 2020 than they did in 16 in that same period of time. Because remember, we're under an expanded early voting due yes. to the pandemic. Now, um, right, and you're trying to match apples to apples. Apples to apples. So you match the first 11 days to the first 11 days. Right. So that you could try to see, is there a bigger turnout period? Right. And the answer is yes. yes. That doesn't even include the extra days of That's early right. voting that we'll have. So this number is just going to go up already at 38%, which means that we have more people voting in this election already than you normally have in a midterm election. That's which, right. Um, you got a handy dandy chart here for us with all the stuff. I love it. Uh, midterm election. Okay, so um, I realize that I, I have come to realize that people don't um, key or or understand some of these phrases we throw out so quickly. So let's talk right. midterm. This is a presidential election year. Correct. Okay, so the president's being elected. That happens every four years. In between, there's an election cycle that – so you guys have an election every two right. years. There's an election cycle that is for Congress. Right. And 
county government and all. That's called a midterm election. It's in the middle of the president's term. That's right. And some um, call it the gubernatorial election cycle. They happen at the same time. The midterms and the governor's election coincide on the same year. And historically, midterm elections do not bring out as many people as a presidential election. That's right. Uh, Everybody wants to come see the president. And this year, we have had more voters already than we had in the 2014, 2010, 2000, or 2006 midterm elections. We've exactly. already got more voters than those years. In early voting. You in know, just early, early voting. voting. And we have more than the entire vote in those years. Exactly. I mean, it's really um, the community, everywhere across the nation, everybody watches the news. This election cycle, there is a lot of passion and a lot of interest in it that is driving it. And people are, are wanting to vote and wanting to get out there and get their um, voices heard through the voting action. So one of the nice things about all of this has been I spoke to the um, county judge, uh, the county judge, the, the sheriff this morning, county sheriff mm-hmm. this morning. Um, and they have deputies at all of the polling places. Uh, and he said that it's been very peaceful, very well People have um, been behaved. They've done what they're supposed to. Um, and for a big turnout, that's a really great thing to hear. It really is, giving all of the circumstances of the last uh, seven, eight months, um, the, fur- the fervor for um, the right to get to vote, everything together, it could have been pretty volatile. But, yeah. you know, with our social distancing we're having to that we are following and the protocols that are in place, you have a circumstance that could become that, and it has worked wonderful. And I put so much on Denise Hernandez and her team and all the volunteers and the public for this going so well. Uh, the city of Chandler, as we spoke about before, the city of Athens, and the Lakeview Assembly of God, having those locations to help handle the sure numbers uh you couldn't ask for a better um, process is that this one has been yeah and one of the things that we've talked about is the fact that uh or we talked about this morning with the sheriff is and, and you just mentioned it you know what i think that i'm more worried about the mask versus no mask controversy or split right. in our community more than I'm worried about the Democrat-Republican split in our community. I, yes. I am more worried about trouble happening because somebody isn't social distancing or wear a mask or not wear a mask or whatever it is that you personally believe right. becoming an issue rather than who you're going to go in and vote for. And and that bring, and we've had some of that, but um, many out there do not know this. A part of one of the governor's executive orders was is that during the process of voting, there is no mask requirement, not of the workers, the volunteers, or of the ones that are actually casting the vote. It is more or less, if you wish to wear a mask that is not of a campaign nature, which we've right. seen many of those, um, as long as you're coming in, you can wear a mask or not wear a mask when voting. It is in the governor's order. What about the social distancing? I know that when I voted, um, the the 
the polling place did a good job in trying to like keep social distancing in place. Right. It's in in respect that those those um, guidelines of the governor were continued in that we enforced the social distancing. And honestly, the social distancing really hasn't been an issue. Folks lining up understood and followed those very well. It um when it comes to that mask, uh, that is the touchstone oh, these boy. days in our community Isn't and others. Isn't that the truth? Which brings us to Tuesday. Yes. Where um, we are already, as you said, by the time we hit Friday, um, we're going to be at 40% of people already voting or more. Right. Um, but I still expect a big turnout. Uh, on Tuesday, um, multiple locations, multiple polling places, um, and particularly, I think, um, older people who are used to voting on Election Day will, will come out. Uh, and so I'm hoping that that continues through. Like I said, hey, right. come out, vote. I don't care who you vote for. Just Let's be peaceful vote. about it while we do it. Exactly. And, you know, when we're looking at... Uh, 22,000 have already voted out of our 55,000 with uh, a few days left. If we, if we continue to run anywhere between 1,000 a day, you know, there's still going to be about half of the registered voters that still haven't voted. And what did we see? The, the largest individual turnout... 1972, uh, 73% was 92, the... 92, yeah, 92. Going, going back, and we've got... On our chart here, we go back to 1988, um, and I think it's it's, um, interesting to point out that the two biggest years on the chart, the two biggest presidential years are 92 and 88, um, and that after that, I guess people decided that voting wasn't as important. It looks that way when you look at the percentage turnouts. Uh, In 1992, it was the largest turnout that we have record of here in front of us. I'm sure there's been others that were larger. But um, that was uh, Bill Clinton's first election, and it did. It turned out the vote that year. Uh, We had 33,000 voting that year of our registered voters and said and basically three quarters of those shown up and that's interesting as i think about it so you take three quarters of that amount um what is that Twenty eight thousand, twenty seven thousand, and we're already at twenty two thousand. yeah we're already yeah. almost to the to the sheer number of people exactly but that's because um our registered voters have gone in 1988 there were 31,000 registered voters in Henderson County in 2018 that jumps to almost 51,000 right so that talks a little bit about how much Henderson County has it's grown. grown exactly um so all right, all right guys so there you go listen uh the good news is number one there's been a huge turnout yes it has gone as smoothly as could possibly be hoped for um all reports all over have been very very positive they have um and tuesday is election day if you haven't voted remember you have till friday you can go uh, early vote till friday in one of the three places on Tuesday, 
uh, we'll be putting out, I'm sure the uh, elections office will put it out. I'll put it out on my sites on what's happening. We'll put out the list of the polling places. Remember, we have election centers now, which means you can vote at any polling place you want. That's right. You can go to your nearest one to where you are at at any point in time during that day between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. That's right. You work in Tyler. You go to Tyler on your way home. Stop in Chandler and vote. Doesn't matter where you're at. Or Brownsboro. Or Brownsboro. Or or the other direction. If you work up, just go to the nearest one. Yes. Uh, Make sure you have your ID. Yes. Please make sure you have your ID. Uh, and one of the things that we have seen in a couple of different places is people uh, not understanding that inside the polling place, you cannot campaign. That's correct. Which means you can't wear your vote for my favorite candidate hat or shirt or mask right. or whatever it is. You're not allowed to take that into the camp into the polling place that is election law that's election law that's not henderson county law that's correct that's just the law and so that's where we're at yep it's going to be fun um so where are you going to be tuesday night Tuesday night, I will be at home uh, watching all the poll results with everyone else. Uh, we had hoped to, uh, we had revived the tradition yes. of the election night, but given what we're fixing to discuss. Yeah, with uh, COVID, you can't. No, I mean, we're, we're going to postpone that and try to bring it back bigger and ever, uh, bigger and better the next election cycle. Yeah, that's that, that, makes, that makes total sense. I will be hanging out. Over it with uh, Miss Hernandez. Yeah. Excuse me. <coughs> okay, every time I turn on the microphone, it's, it's like an automatic thing. I want to cough. <laughs> I understand. Okay, but I'll be over with uh, Denise Hernandez in the elections office, um, at least until the local right. returns come back in. And they will be reported. They will be updating the website, as always, Henderson-County.com. On the the website, they do a really good job the minute it comes out. uh, In fact, the minute they're given to me, um, they're up on the website. I don't even know why I go there anymore, just (laughs) out of... Just out of that's where I'm supposed to be on election. Night. A number of years ago, you were able to get there first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael, you inspired us to be much quicker and have a <laughs> very faster was, delivery system. There you go. It's all. That, I like that. It's all about me. It's it's all about Hannigan. Hannigan did it again. All right. So, um, but that's what's going on, guys. Remember right. Tuesday. Let's get out and vote. This is an important election because I'm going to say this: they're all important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't. Every election is. Every election is important. Um, I love the turnout. What worries me is when I see the turnout like this, and then I look in off years or an off election or whatever, and it's like 20% come out and vote. You know, I say again, yes, national elections are important, but your local elections are the ones that impact you every single day. I'm telling you, that's where the rubber meets the road is in your local elections. I covered a local school board election in the last few years where um, 8% turned out to vote. Eight. Trump. And then you wonder, and and here, look, your local governments, Mm -hmm. your school districts, your, your city councils, your commissioner's court, they're the ones that impact your life every single day exactly. more than Washington, D.C. ever does. That's right. Um, 
Austin and your local governments impact you way more than than those do. I I firmly believe this. And Amen. um so that's one of the reasons we do the podcast. Um uh, but yeah, pay attention to to the local races. Hey, the uh, the thing is, in Henderson County, the way things go, I think we have several races on the ballot, but all of them are unopposed. Unopposed, that's right. So and, uh, That's why your local um, elections in the primaries usually dictate, have historically dictated how things go one way or the other. Yeah, people people yeah. forget that uh, in our lifetimes, in, in my time as a reporter in yes. Henderson County, there was a time where like you didn't have a chance to win if you weren't a Democrat. Exactly. Uh, when I first ran, let's see, I was the only Republican on commissioner's court, and there were only a couple of others holding office in the county at that time back in 98. I, I remember the, yeah, 98. Yeah. yeah. I remember that time period. There were a couple of years there um, during those elections where everybody got a change of heart and changed color. And there were, and there were a whole lot of Democrats became Republicans. There was a big change in 2000. Yeah, there was a whole lot of them. Yes. Um, that was, I remember that. All right. Anyway. But that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I think it's just interesting for the for the history of it because so many people now. I, I it's not a secret. No, it's where not. where we live. Right. This is a Republican stronghold, and um, that's fine. Our our area is a very conservative area, and mm-hmm. incidentally, I was speaking with um, our state senator uh, Robert Nichols, and our senatorial district was the last district to go from Democratic representation to Republican. Really, it was. It was the very the very last one. So, so. it's interesting though, because you go In and now area. we're 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 like veering right. so far. Yes, off. we are. This is not where we were intending yeah. to go. But it's interesting <laughs> though because. When I think, I, 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 and I see some uh, people now, and, and I think to myself, they're Republicans, but they are what I would can, would have considered back in the day really good Texas Democrats. And I think mm-hmm. of Clyde Alexander, who was one of the most fiscally conservative right. guys I knew. Right. Well, in, in our history with the county, um, County Judge Tommy Smith, one of the most extremely physically conservative men that I have ever met. Right. I mean, it is in our DNA, sure. in our area, that we are physically conservative. And that's what it's about. That's All right. right. Well, now let's move on. We're going to move on to uh, our weekly COVID uh, update. And I actually had somebody on one of my sites uh, blast me a little bit for uh, reporting about COVID because they're tired of it. Yes. And Isn't they that wanna, called fatigue? COVID yeah, fatigue? COVID yeah, COVID fatigue. And they want to know why we keep on reporting about COVID or talking about COVID. So I'm going to tell you why. It, COVID, has impacted the entire world. It has. It is the single biggest news story, the single biggest happening that we've had in our country in decades. It's shut down economies. It's uh, caused massive um, death, um, job loss. loss. It is just um, a horrific thing. 
and it is not something that you can't that you can just stop reporting about. We we just we just can't stop talking about COVID because we're tired of COVID. That's not the way this works, particularly when uh, the numbers tell us. Mm-hmm. we're still in a bad spot. So what do our numbers look like right now, Judge? Well, when you start with the TSA percentage of capacity. So we're um, going to hospitalizations. We're going to hospitalizations. And, of course, that is how the governor has laid out how we will end up comparing apples to apples across the state, in which he tied all of the reopenings to, all of those criterias and who could open, who could not open if you were at 50% or at 75% capacity. But as of right now, our TSAG is 8.64% of capacity is currently being filled by COVID patients, which translates into 243, I believe it is, 243 individuals that are in the hospital today or yesterday. And we follow this. uh, We've said it before. Michael usually says it. We follow hospitalizations from the beginning because of all of the controversy with what a test was, how what the machine was set on, all of that. It leads you back to this is the one thing that we could get our hands on that would specifically tell you what the situation is on the ground. And at 243, we are 29 off of our TSA high that happened back in July of this year. The only difference is is that we have we went through a cool down, I guess you could say, when we went from um, 271, 272 down to 150. And in the last month, we've gone from 155 back up to 243. It has not been um, as steep of an incline as the trend was at the beginning, but it is still a dramatic increase from where we were. Our area um, is a little different from some of the ones like El Paso, which is absolutely on fire. Now, uh, that TSA is at 40% of their hospital capacity. Yeah, they're, and they're really hurting. They, they really are. And um, it, the trends, the testing trends, uh, there's the argument out there that, well, there's more testing going on. That is true. When all of this first began, the criteria for testing was so strict about who could be tested because of the limited testing supplies and other issues. But now um, it is widely recognized that testing is very much available. And, yes, I'm sure it plays a role in it. But is it a defining role? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I do believe that we have, if an individual is being tested, it's because, A, they either want to be tested or they are sick. Yeah, I, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I and I have to admit, I don't understand that argument because by the logic of if we didn't test as much, there wouldn't the numbers wouldn't be there. The same logic it says, well, if I hired fewer police officers, crime rates would go down. Right. Because I wouldn't be arresting as many people. Right. Exactly. It, it, it's the same logic, and that logic makes no sense to me. However. And this is where the problem becomes. And when we talk about the split, because there's such a split. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. There is such a split in our community 
between the people who think this is way overblown Mm -hmm. and the people who think we're not paying enough attention to it. It is a more drastic split than just about anything else I've ever seen. Yes. Um, Because, hey, look, you know, you say you're a Democrat. I'm saying I'm a Republican. You know what? What I've learned is 90 percent of the time, if you and I sit down for a cup of coffee, we can like find some middle because we're closer to the middle. But the split between um, the covid split is drastic. It is. And and um, I understand. I almost understand why, because. And we're, we're going to talk about this now. I almost understand why, because it's been so hard to really figure out what's really going on. For instance, today, the state of Texas, the Department of Health and Human Services, yes. has Henderson County listed with 35 COVID deaths. Yes. Net Health, our local health services region, has us listed with 28 deaths. That is correct. So which is it? That's what we're trying to find out. We've been trying, we've been following this for a number of weeks and reached out to the state to say, look, you're saying this much at DSHS and our local authority is saying this much. Where, where's the disconnect? How can we get this corrected so it doesn't help sow confusion right. and therefore feed the flames of the division? Sure. Um, basically, our re- reply that we got back was that, well, we continue to experience some technical difficulties with the website. Uh, I believe that that that's, is... That, that's a totally satisfactory <laughs> answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you're going, what? You know, there's... There is information there, and I want to go back to what I said last week. There is, when you're looking at the scope of the United States, and you look at the mechanisms it takes for reporting, plus the criteria for reporting, you can have a Texas resident, a Henderson County resident, pass away in Maine and visiting somebody or for some instance, And it takes time for that information to come back. Also, it comes back to DSHS. It does not come back to net health. Right. So there is a communication disconnect. Sure. From, I'm assuming, we don't know. They say there's technical difficulties. But we are trying to rectify that uh, for better communication and understanding. Just so we can tell people what's going on and so we can know ourselves what's going on. Our information is as limited as everybody else's. That's why we have it up out on the website um, at henderson-county.com so that you can see what we see. Right. Uh, we've said this in, from the beginning. The the first casualty of this entire thing has been the he- public health system. It has because our health, our public health system here in Texas was in no way prepared right. to be able to handle the sheer amount of reporting structure and things that have happened. Um, you know, and and part of me understands that. Uh, you know. Um, the, this has taken a whole lot of people yes, and a whole lot of infrastructure. And 
trying to maintain those people in that infrastructure all the time would have been really expensive. Mm -hmm. And so in those years when we didn't have a pandemic, like the hundred years before this, <laughs> right. I, I don't see our taxpayers being really happy that um, we kept that kind of infrastructure on yeah. hand all the time. It comes and down so, to prioritization. Sure. You know. And so I get that. I get that. Um, however, on the other hand, we need good information. And, and this is the other thing. We need information people will trust. Right. We already have a problem. We have a um, credibility gap right. between people with information and the people consuming information. Yes. And so um, that credibility gap has been created by a lot of people in a lot of places. Yeah. And for a lot of reasons. It has been the trend for years. And when you have a crisis and you've already had that sewn yeah. in, in a crisis situation, it explodes. Right. I mean, I, I right now, I'm, I, I'm the type of person where right now when I report or whatever, I say, if someone asks me how many deaths have there been or whatever, I'm going to go with the 35. Mm -hmm. Because number one, it's at the state level. Right. Number two... Um, you you want to err on the side of caution. You do. That's we're, we're going to do the conservative thing. <laughs> yes, yes. We're going to do the conservative always. thing. Um, and that matches the other trends. When we see cases going up, when we see hospitalizations mm -hmm. going up, it only makes sense that we're going to see deaths go up as well. That's right. And so, but. What do I say to someone who turns around and says, hey, you're reporting 35, NetHealth has 28, which one's right? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, flip a coin. I yeah. mean, for the information that we get. Sure. So, to, like, as you said, to, to be conservative on it, we plan for the worst and hope for the best. There you go. So, I mean, it is a continual struggle, but the information that we get is the complete and total information that we're able to get access to. Yeah, yeah. Which is why which is why you don't see us doing the thing where we say this is how many people have died in this town or this is how many cases mm -hmm. have happened in this town because I, mean, yeah, I I could say that right now but um you know I have absolutely zero faith that the things that I'm telling you are absolutely positively true. And so that's why we kind of go away from those things and work towards trends. Right. And why we report to you about these trends so that you can understand what's happening in Henderson County as it relates to COVID. And what I see, and correct me if you see something different, is that COVID has entered a second wave in Henderson County mm -hmm. and that that second wave is accelerating. That is correct. I will agree with that. The interesting thing that, in my mind, that sets out that our TSA and Henderson County different from the rest is where the dramatic fall off that f happened during the summer across the state, where it fell drastically from 10,000 down to 3,000. It dropped 70, 80 percent. We did not experience that same. We experienced about a 30 to 40 percent drop. And we continued continued on that path. 
And I even had an opportunity yesterday to um, ask um, Dr. Kern about this. Um, and I, I'll go back to the analogy, and you and I talked about this analogy, kind of hurts a little bit, but I go back to a grass fire. And when the fire hits where there is a lot of fuel load, it flames up big. We saw that in South Texas through the summer, and we're seeing it now definitely in El Paso, which is sure. which is actually worse than what was happening in South Texas. Right. They've, so, they've actually instituted a curfew. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, and <clears throat> excuse me. And what I see is that. When you have a heavy fuel load, it flames large, but when you have a low fuel load, it continues to burn. And when you look at our trend, I get, I am becoming more and more convinced that that is how our area goes. It burns at a somewhat steady rate, but once it hits that high fuel, it could jump. And I, and I say that because that's individuals that are genetically susceptible, have underlying conditions, and the exposure. And that, you're, and and you're talking about when you say, uh, when you say that, you're talking about um, we've opened up more and more people are going out. We mm-hmm. have more people in group settings. We have more people in n- more people doing things that they had stopped doing over the summer. Over the summer, they had taken to ordering their food and go picking it up they had taken to calling the grocery store driving over there and the grocery store pulling it out right they're not doing that quite as much as they did back then and the numbers are going up there are more opportunity there's more opportunity for transmission of the disease right so the tr- disease is being transmitted more. Exactly. And it's not about... And that sounds very logical, by the way. That doesn't sound like a political thing to me. That sounds like a logic thing. Right. I mean, it comes down to this. We all live our lives. We have to live our lives. But there's those three simple things, Michael, that can be done to help mitigate. Wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands. Exactly. Live your life. Go. Do. But do those three things while, while you're doing it. You know, um, fear causes a lot more problems. And when these numbers, if they go up and get higher, which they're trending. Sure. And even some reports were saying that November is when we really could see the peak right. nationwide. Uh it's just that's going to cause so much more problems. Yeah, so we're, let's start we're now. Mitigate. Just back to our behaviors of staying away from each yeah. other. Keep the six feet. Yeah, six know. feet of mask and a, and exactly. and wash your hands and or keep a little bottle of hand sanitizer with you can cause can can fix so much of this. My two kids, six year old and a two year old. We have never been more virus free as far as cold snotty nose yeah allergy right <laughs> forever and i really believe that it is sure it is because mama is on them believe me yeah mama, no wash your hands you know yeah. and let's hear it for the mamas yeah <laughs> exactly so uh, it works we need to do it we need to keep it mindful we need to keep it in our minds all right so let's let's end this with um that wrap up because we talked about a lot of different things when it came to covid yes. and all so Here's 
here's the situation in Henderson County right now. Cases are going up. Mm-hmm. Hospitalizations are going up, so the severity of the disease is going up. Deaths are going up. We are trending up on all levels. That is correct. All the trends are indicating higher. And there's not really anything to indicate it's going to break as we go into November. That's right. Well, that was... Um, Ending on a down note. That was, that was certainly um, a positive. Yeah, that made me feel good. <laughs> so there you go, Henderson County. <laughs> go out and vote next Tuesday and make sure to um, protect yourself. That's right. And, you know, um, we've got the voting... The kids, uh, we've got Halloween. Oh, ha- Halloween you know, is Saturday. You know. And there are lots of um, opportunities. Now, I see most of them, um, they're like anything else. Um, most of the things that I see are um, taking a COVID into account. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, are, they are offering the ability to social distance and things like that. It's just up to us. To, to do what we know is right. That's like, right. Like, don't crowd your neighbor, wear a mask, and wash your hands before you eat your candy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how hard is that? Yeah. And give each other some grace. Give each other some grace. Well, uh, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Judge, for letting us in. And once again, we said it in the middle, but I'll tell you, like, county government touches you more than Washington, D.C. in a lot of different ways. It's important to know how your county government works. And so, Judge, we appreciate the fact to come in and find out what's happening. Thank you, Mike.